Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 325. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. As always, I'm joined by our sponsors, Blueprint MCATs and one of their amazing Blueprint MCAT Live online instructors. Hey, we're gonna jump into a amazing discussion today all about full-length exams and how realistic are they? Because we tell you all the time, you need to do full-lengths, you need to do full-lengths, you need to do full-lengths. And one of the things that uh, we get questions all the time, and especially kind of the anecdotal stories of, hey, I was scoring this score on the MCAT and when I went and took the real test and I scored 20 points lower. It's like, how did that happen? So how reliable are those practice scores? That's what we're gonna talk about today. If you want access to a free full-length exams, go to blueprintmcat.com, sign up for their free account, you get access to a half-length diagnostic and a free full-length exam, as well as their study planner tool, flashcard platform, and much more. Go check it out, blueprintmcat.com. Nor, welcome back to the MCAT podcast. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am excited to have you and talk about a topic that is, um, I think, top of mind for a lot of students as they're ramping up their MCAT prep, taking mm-hmm. their blueprint full-length exams, their AAMC full-length exams, and they're wondering, huh, I wonder how this test translates to my real deal test that I'm going to be taking. Uh, Just just yesterday, I think it was, there was a question from a parent that was asking, hey, my my kid scored a 511 on their first full length exam and they're testing in a month. Like what what can they do? (laughs) Um, What can they expect in a month? And I was like, I don't know. Nobody can really answer that question. Um, yeah. But it's always a big question, and there's there's always lots of questions about does yeah. Blueprint do any of the other test prep companies out there that have full length exams? Are they mm-hmm. inflating scores? Are they deflating scores? Like how how is a student supposed to understand full length exam score to MCAT readiness and what to expect uh, a month mm-hmm. after their test day to get, when they get their score back? Um, So I would say when we encourage students to start with their full lengths, a lot of people in their first full length, they, again, catastrophize. Maybe they don't get a score that they really like. 
And they're like, yep, that's it. This is, this is uh, judge, jury, executioner. That's my score. And I'm like, nope, that's not true, right? You just started studying, right? Especially with Blueprint, the way we've uh, mapped out content review, technically you've only reviewed 25% of the content and you're taking full lengths. And that's why actually in the in the example that you were giving, I'm surprised that the student took like their first full length a month before, because we usually encourage like, you should be taking full lengths like two to th three weeks into your studying, right? If you're, if you're at a three month period, yeah. um, two, like a three month period. So you always should start with full lengths from the beginning or very soon after you start studying because they are the best way to do your practice. With the first couple of full lengths, we always tell students, this does not mean that this is what the score that you will get. You have just started studying. You're getting yourself into the mindset of taking a full length. These full lengths are here to help you see what are your strengths and weaknesses. And that's how you should interpret them. You should not interpret them as the end all be all of the score that you will ultimately get. Right. And so that's very, very important for people to see that sometimes people do well on the first full length or they've increased since their diagnostic and then they'll go down actually in their second full length. And then they start freaking out and they're like, Oh my God, what do I do? And it's like, no, I mean, these you're, this is only the second full length you've taken. You're being exposed to new material you know, you're not going to maybe do as well, right? So in the first, I would say two to three full lengths, the way you should be interpreting the score that you're getting is, hey, this is the areas that I need to improve. And we often tell students, we advise them, take seven to 10 full lengths before your exam, right? That's what we, your final exam. And so in terms of different, I can't speak on different companies. I will say as a former Blueprint student and a current Blueprint instructor, Blueprint exams tend to be more difficult, right, than the AMC practice tests. And so it's not necessarily deflating the scores. It's just the materials a little bit more difficult to work with, maybe a little bit more dense. Um, and I would say the best predictor of your scores are going to be your AMC practice tests. And we always advise those to be the last sets of practice tests that you take before your real exam. Um, because by then you've done a much of your practice, much of your content review, you're really taking advantage of those practice exams. And they are the gold standard. They are the closest that you will ever get to the actual AMC exam because it is literally written by the same people. And a lot of times we've seen students actually improve and do pretty great on those AMC exams. And usually people are taking these starting a month and a half from, I would say, their testing. And it's great. People feel better. I felt better when I did my AMC exams. I was like, oh, my God, this is so lovely. I yeah. feel great. <laughs> there, there are lots of students who have a lot of anxiety around waiting until four or five weeks out to start with the double AMC test thinking, well, what if I, I, I take my double AMC full length, my first double AMC full length, and I get a much lower score, which tells me I'm not ready and tells me I should reschedule my MCAT. And they're already within the crazy double AMC reschedule windows that they're going to have to pay some higher fee when mm -hmm. they could have taken the double AMC test uh, two months before their exam and had a better window to reschedule and had more options to reschedule. Mm -hmm. 
What about yeah. what about maybe taking one of those double AMC exams and yeah. shifting it forward a little bit? Yeah, that's possible as well, because that is a very real scenario. And we're not in the business of trying to have students spend more money than they need to in terms of rescheduling. Those are very valid concerns. And it is possible to insert one of those AMC exams in the midst of your studying um, at to, to make sure to see if this is a time window in which you want to reschedule, right? Um, but I would say, please don't take it in the beginning, because again, you're still just starting out studying and you want to you want to be able to take as much of advantage of the AMC exams as much as possible. Like you've kind of, you studied quite well, you practice, you've maybe done a couple of other full lengths from another company that is really helpful. And then you go to the AMC exam, but inserting one ahead of the game is not, now there's five of them. So that's really great and plentiful. So inserting one just to kind of assess where you are is good, but also keep, keep in mind the caveat that you're not fully done with your practice. So this isn't like necessarily just the most accurate predictor. It's going to give you an idea because it is the full length that is closest to the actual exam, yes. But if you're taking an, an AMC exam much earlier than you normally would because you're trying to see if you should reschedule, you need more time, it's important to know that you still have more to practice and study coming after that exam. So it's important, like it's good to keep that in mind as well, right? So if you are eight to 10 points away from your goal score and you take that one AMC exam right smack in the middle of your testing to see if you want to reschedule or not, that's okay because you still have quite a bit of time to improve and that's very much possible. Right. But if you're quite far out from it, that's a different story. Yeah. Okay. So when it, when it comes to looking at these full length exams, right, you, you mentioned the blueprint um, is a little bit more dense, potentially a little bit harder, um, mm -hmm. not purposefully trying to deflate scores at all. Yeah. Um, but I like, I like that, right. You want your practice to be harder than the real thing. <laughs> um, and yeah. The the AAMC exams obviously are the quote unquote gold standard because they're written by the same people that are writing the test and theoretically yeah. are very similar in structure and style and density and all of that fun stuff. Yeah. And it's great the AAMC added a fifth test this past year or two, whenever it was, um, so that students have an extra test to use. When mm -hmm. it when it comes to trying to figure out the score. I, I hear a lot of students will look at their score and go, hey, I, I'm scoring 515. When in reality, what their scores look like on the AAMC exams is 505, 510, 515, 508, 506. And, and they take that <laughs> that one that's the the oddball out, right? The, the one that's skewed. And, and that's what they set their expectation on. Do you have any good ideas around helping students understand the the kind of accuracy or, or precision? I forget which which is which um, uh, of their scores that they're getting on those double AMC exams and trying yeah. to generate an expectation. Yeah, I would say what's important is noticing like is there a trend? Right, like are you is is that score increasing slowly to a 515 or is that like 
like the second test out of five that you did that, right? As you were saying, the oddball out. Mm-hmm. Because when I, I mean, at the time that I was studying for the exam, there's only four AMC and I saw a general trend of increase except for one of the exams. And I think it was because everybody had said that it was a harder one. So for me, it was an indication that as I was doing like finishing up the, the AMC exams, I was doing better and I could, I felt more confident that the more I practiced, the, the better I was doing. So I felt like that was a good predictor of how I would end up doing. Now, if you have like what you were saying, an odd ball out and everything sort of revolves around a 506, 508, something around that, and there's just a 515 out there, I would say that that's a pretty accurate predictor, but you need to consider that I may need more practice, right? Because you're not necessarily seeing that general trend increase over time. And it just so happens that one of the exams, you may have done better on it. And it's important to analyze why, right? Maybe that was the content that you were most familiar with and you got sort of lucky, quote unquote, lucky for that exam. So that's that's also very important to analyze. Um, and I would say then you need to have that reassessment if it's not within the range of your goal score. Yeah. Uh, I, I've had other instructors say, like if, if you're shooting for a 515, you want at least like your your last three exams around that target score for you yeah. to be confident that's the score you're gonna get. Not yeah. not like, okay, again, I, I want a 515 and my five double AMC exams are 507, 508, 510, 510, 515, right? Just just yeah. one random test in there that that yeah. you hit. Uh, how how is a student supposed to again it's really hard because you only get those five exams from the WMC. retaking yeah. them within a short period of time isn't advisable because you're going to remember some of the information and answers and all of that stuff it's yeah. really stressful to time all of this as perfect as possible knowing that there's so much out of the student's control do you mean in terms of like retaking it retaking those same exams later on if they have to retake the exam no even even before taking the exam right again just trying to get uh, again knowing the WMC exams are the gold standard there there's so much pressure with these last four or five exams of getting this score that you want and then you realize you're not getting the score you want and then it's like well what do you do now i don't i don't know there's just it's just stressful i'm stressed for these students (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm starting to feel stressed and I thought I wouldn't feel MCAT stress anymore. Uh, I would say that we, yeah, we typically say like you should be within four to five points of your goal score uh, by the time you're done studying, right? Like within, because again, fluctuations happen, right? Like you might end up doing much better on the actual exam than you were doing on the practice test. But if it's more than, probably four to five points. And that's something that you need to reconsider. I think that it is stressful, but it's a, it's a decision that students need to make, whether they are comfortable just taking the exam, even knowing that maybe they aren't within their goal reach and seeing how they end up doing, 
or you decide, hey, I actually want to extend my time of studying. I'm not doing as well as I thought I would be in these AMC exams. And if they're the best predictor, maybe I do need more time. And maybe I need to understand based off of my analytics of these AMC exams, why am I still struggling? What is it? Is it content? Is it strategy that I'm not, I'm faltering in? And a lot of times it probably has to do more with strategy than it is with content by the time you get to the AMC exams, because typically most students are done with the majority of their content review, right? So it's just sort of like you have two options. Both are, you know, valid depending on your goals and what you want to do. Um, and folks have gone either way. And whether you choose to take the exam and see how you end up doing or you decide to postpone, I mean, kudos to you. You're still taking, what, five, eight-hour exams? And that was just the beginning. It's only the beginning. <laughs> Thanks for throwing that in there. Add some extra stress for them. Um, uh, let's try to answer the question that this parent had recently okay. of, hey, my, my kid scored a 5.11. What? what sort of increase can we expect in a month? Is that, is that an answer that you can give? Is it impossible? I mean, it depends on the goal. It's a, depends on the goal score. 529. Right? Like 529. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even question you for a moment. I was like, yeah, we'll yeah about 529. 529. <laughs> uh, it depends on the goal score, right? If your goal score is like a 522, then it's going to be quite difficult to see that increase possibly within a month. But if your goal is like a 515, a 517, I definitely think it's possible to see that goal increase. I think what you need to do is you need to be, um, the student needs to be really good and efficient at analyzing their weaknesses and working on those and making sure they're targeting them very, very well. Like what is it that's preventing them from getting a higher score? And that is what you'll need to do. You can't just be like, I'll, I'll just study. No, you need to be very intentional about what you're studying. So it, so it has to do again with your goal score. Everybody's goal scores are different. I've had, I've met students, their goal score is 510. Others, their goal score is literally 528. So the conversation is a little bit different. And if it's something like literally 528, no, you can't like, it's difficult to do it in one month and in a, in a reasonable way. Right. So, I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't miracles. There are, right. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> my my uh, my line around that is I believe in miracles, but not when it comes to the MCAT. <laughs> That's always my line exactly, there. Exactly, right? Yeah, I agree with you. So um and actually kind of going back to one thing that you had mentioned, there are I think a couple of my co-instructors, uh they like two weeks or a week before their MCAT, they took one of the AMC exams and they dropped 10 points. Oof from what they were doing before. And it was definitely an outlier. It definitely freaked them out for a moment. And I think what they decided to do was they decided to look in the larger context of how they were doing, right? Especially on the other AMC exams, how they were doing over time in general as well. And analyzing, okay, why did I get a 10 points lower. And actually they had told me it was because they were putting so much pressure on themselves to like study, 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 do practice full lengths, full lengths, full lengths that they were burnt out. And that burnout contributed to their score decrease. So remember to take that into consideration, your mental well-being, how you're doing before you're taking these exams and not to put so much pressure on yourself. That's why like one month out, that feels like a lot of pressure to me. 
to try to say, I want to increase to like a super, the 97th percentile, right? Like that, that's a lot because now the student may be tempted to take like two practice exams a week, which I would fully say no to, right? So that's just one thing to consider. These flukes do happen. Obviously my co-instructors did really well. They still decided to take the exam, but they also, you know, they just looked at the grander picture of how they were doing in general, instead of just maybe focusing on like that one outlier that happened because of the mental state that they were in. All right. So, uh, we can't, can't predict a score, uh, from a full length exam a month out or two months out, whatever. Right. A lot is going to depend on, as you mentioned, the goal score and, um, availability, right. Timing and all of that other stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, at what point should a student, right. Let's like red light, green light this. At what point should a student go, I'm going to take it or I'm not going to take it. Are you trying to get to get me to tell an exact date? <laughs> no, like like a week out, a month out. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, it depends, right? Some folks like uh, money is a concern and that's very valid, right? So I don't remember the exact cutoffs, but if money is a concern, which is very valid and there you should evaluate within those cutoffs to make sure that you're either getting a full refund or whatever may be the case, or you can reschedule in time, Right. If money is not a concern for you and you don't care about money being lost, I would say like probably two weeks out, you can evaluate and see where you're at. Right. So, again, really depends on the situation. Um, And I would say, I mean, if you feel like you can benefit from an extra month and there's an available date to do that. So, for example, if you were originally going to test in August, but you decided like, hey, I'm not ready. And you're like, okay, maybe an extra I think an extra month can help reschedule to September, right? Like there isn't, you know, the world, the sky's not going to fall. It's fine. Right. So again, like is money a concern when it comes to rescheduling? That's, that's what you really need to look at. All right. That is, uh, the episode for today. Woohoo. All right. There you have it. Full length exams. Yay or nay? Good or bad? Do they help predict a score? That was what we talked about today. Hopefully this was helpful for you. Hope you learned a little bit. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time here on the MCAT podcast. Go to blueprintmcat.com. Sign up for that free account today. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT podcast. This is MedEd Media.